Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Marcus. I am the student pastor at Savannah Christian's Effingham Campus. I wanted to just say thank you for checking out this podcast. If you're a parent of a student in our ministry, you could do us the favor of thinking of another parent that might not know about the existence of this podcast and sharing it with them. And if you're a student in our ministry, you could do the same thing with another student, making sure that this gets shared around so that people know that we're making podcasts out of our messages. So, without anything else in the way, how about you enjoy the most recent message from Element at the Effingham campus? All right, we're going to start... This series with a question. Here's a question. Why do you date? Why do you date or why do you want to date? And this is not a rhetorical question. I'm not trying to just get your wheels spinning. I, I actually want you to come up with your answer to this question. Why do you date or why do you want to date? And I also don't want you to come up with like the right answer. Sometimes, especially we're in a place like this, we're in a church or something, you know that I'm going to try to get to something, right? I'm going to try to get to a point. And so maybe you're going to think to yourselves, man, what's the right answer here? Why should I date? And you're going to try to find the right answer and you're going to try to go, well, I kind of do that sometimes, you know, I don't want you to find the right answer. I want you to find your answer. Why do you date or why do you want to? Is it because you want to have fun? Is it for a good time? Is it, is it because, uh, it's because like everyone else seems to care a whole lot about it, and so there's kind of a social status thing, like you'd rather be the guy with a girlfriend, or rather be the girl with a boyfriend than not? Is it because you're preparing for marriage? Like, like why? Why do you date? Because the answer to this question is important. The answer to this question is important because why you date will determine how you date. That's so good, I'm going to say it again. Why you date will determine how you date. And how you date is going to be the thing that determines whether or not you walk away from that relationship happy that you were in the relationship or you walk away with a limp. Why you date affects how. And how you date affects what the outcome of that dating experience is. That's why figuring out the first answer to that first question is so important. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of word this out. Let's, let's, let's give an example. So let's say you answer the question, why I date? I, why I, you date? Well, I date because I'm, I'm preparing for marriage. I mean, that seems like a very mature answer. It seems like a very church-appropriate answer. I'm dating because I'm preparing for marriage. Well, why you date is going to affect how you date. And the foundation of a marriage is commitment. So if you're dating with marriage in mind, right, your, your relationships are going to tend to be centered on this idea of commitment to the relationship. In a marriage, I mean, that's the whole point, or at least a large part is this, a, a marriage is a covenant relationship. That means that two people make a promise. They make a promise to each other. They make a promise to God. They make a promise to their friends and their family. 
They make a promise that through thick or thin, you know, through either sickness or in health, through riches or poorest, you know, all these different things, they make the promise, no matter what, no matter what, I will love you, no matter what, I will encourage you, no matter what, I will support you. And what it does is it takes the natural, like, intimacy and trust that happens in any romantic relationship, and it turns it to 11, because now you've added the fact that there is a very serious commitment, a promise, a stated promise that two people have made. And it allows people that are married, so like, for example, Lauren and I, it allows us to work our stuff out, man. Like, when there's something that she's doing, or something that she's saying, or something that I'm doing, or something that I'm saying that we don't like, whether it's minor or serious, we can work it out. And we can work it out because there's trust there. We can work it out because there's no fear there. We can work it out because I know she's not going to give up on me. And I know she's not going to quit on me. Because not only do she, does she love me, but she promised that even when it gets hard, and she knows the same thing about me, so we can work our stuff out. And in the midst of the muck and the difficulty and whatever's going on in our relationship when things are bad, we never consider divorce. And that's what lets us work stuff out with no fear and with complete trust. That's what the commitment in marriage does. That's what makes it so solid, so beautiful at times. But when you're dating in high school... And you have this sense of the commitment to your boyfriend or the commitment to your girlfriend being so important. It can sometimes look a little different. So let's, let's imagine there's a boyfriend-girlfriend couple in high school. And let's imagine that the guy is like a jealous guy. He's the kind of dude that like when he sees his girlfriend like talking to another guy, like he always overreacts. You know, like why are you talking to him? What are you talking about? Do you like him? Does he like you? Like he's that kind of guy? Or, or maybe it's not like when you're with another guy. Maybe, maybe he's the kind of guy that like he can't handle it when some other dude gives his girlfriend a compliment. Man, your girlfriend, she's so cool, man. She's so funny. Your girlfriend's really pretty. Your girlfriend's really nice. Your girlfriend's really talented. And he can't just accept like, yeah, my girlfriend is really pretty and funny and nice. He's like, what do you mean she's funny? Well, you know, she always, that's the jealous guy voice. Uh, He's always like, you know, he always thinks that another guy's scamming on a squirrel. You know what I'm talking about? So he's got a problem with that. Y'all never heard of that before? Does anybody know a jealous guy? Anybody know a jealous guy? Anybody ever seen a jealous guy before? Yeah, they're all over the place. So here's the thing. If that couple, if that couple was married, they'd work it out. Sometimes it would take paid professional counseling but they'd have to work that out. They'd have to work out his trust issues. They'd have to work out his anger issues. They'd have to work out if, if the wife was actually doing something legitimate to pour into that. But if you're dating in high school, you have not and should not make that level of commitment. You know how a relationship is supposed to look if the guy is that much of a tool? The girl is supposed to look him in the eyes and say, dude, you have trust and anger issues that have nothing to do with me I am not fueling this. I have not caused this. You have issues that don't involve me. You need to get gone and get better. You need to get gone and get better, man. Work on this stuff and work on this stuff without tearing me apart while you're doing it. Because if that is not the case, that girl will build up scars and wounds to the point where she will believe that is the way that a girl should be treated that it's okay to be treated that way, that she deserves to be treated that way, 
She will build up that scar tissue, and that guy will never deal with his issues because you will never suffer the consequences of being a big tool bag. That's how that works. Okay, so, 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 yeah, yeah, tool bags, all right, all right, how you, why you date will affect how you date, why you date will affect how you date, that's why the question of why is so important, so why do you date? Obviously, this leads to the next question. You know, I mean, I'm building to it. Y'all aren't dumb. Y'all know this. You know, at some point, I'm going to kind of give the why should you date, right? So, so maybe the question should change. Why should you date? Well, I'll say this. That's pretty much what the whole series is about. So I'm not going to drop all of it right now, right here, but I'll say this. Whatever your answer is to the question, why should you date? Or why I date? Whatever your answer to that question is, it should not be a selfish answer, Whatever your answer is, it should not be selfish, because so often our dating decisions are very selfish. You know, you look, you look at a possible dating relationship, and you, you look at it, and you say things like, well, what's in it for me? Hey, what's in it for me? Or you look at it, and you go, are they going to make me laugh? Are they going to make me look good in front of my friends? Are they going to make me feel better about myself? You see a lot of me's and a lot of my's up there because the bottom line is a lot of the questions we ask going into dating relationships are very much me-focused. They're selfish. And these aren't the worst questions to ask. In fact, some of these are relatively good questions to ask. But the bottom line is, is that there's very selfish and me-centered questions. I submit to you that if you want to have dating relationships that are better, that are above, that are unlike the dating relationships you watch around you that tend to end in limps, you need to start asking different questions. Now, the Bible has some suggestions about this, but anybody that has ever looked at the Bible for dating advice knows this. The Bible doesn't have much when it comes to dating advice. If you ever want to ask the question, like, how do I talk to a girl, or what should I wear on a date, or anything like that, the Bible doesn't really answer those questions, because when the Bible was written, dating wasn't really a thing. Who in here is 14 years old or older? 14 or older. <laughs> uh, when the Bible was written, you would either already be married or you would know who your spouse was going to be because your family would have chosen it for you already. Some of you are like, well, at least I wouldn't have to work through this whole, <laughs> like, finding the right person thing. Yeah. yeah some of y'all have given up already. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, like that, that, that's why the Bible doesn't say much about dating or give that a lot of dating advice because dating wasn't a thing. But there is a verse in the Bible and this verse in the Bible is possibly the best dating advice you could ever ask for. In fact, if you follow the advice in this verse, you will be, dare I overstate it, you will be the most dateable dude or chick in the entirety of Effingham County. This advice is that big of a deal. Are you ready for this advice? Here's the advice. Do not commit sexual immorality as some have, and 23,000 of those people died. So let's unpack what this verse is saying about dating. Uh, uh, if you have sex, you will die. That's what that verse is saying. And, uh, no, it's not the dating advice. It's not the dating advice. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's completely pulled out of context, but it made me laugh. <laughs> All right, that's not the dating advice. That's just my own personal entertainment. Here's the real dating advice. This is the real dating advice. The real dating advice is this. 
love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus said that. Some of y'all know this verse, but you never realize that Jesus was the originator of this thing. Jesus said that. But he wasn't like on a radio talk show where he was a special guest and people were calling in for dating advice. He was like in a crowd of people and someone looked at him and he said, they looked at him and Jesus and they said, hey Jesus, out of everything that God has ever commanded us to do, out of everything, what's most important? And Jesus said, out of every single thing that God has ever said, every single thing he said about living the best kind of life, all the commands he has ever given, all the, all the statements he has ever made about living the best life can be summarized in two statements. Love God, love people. Love God and love people. Or the way he, without the summary, the actual version is, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The reason that's good dating advice is because the person you want to date or the person you are dating is your neighbor. Maybe not literally. I don't know. Maybe literally. I don't know. Some of y'all might literally want to date your neighbor. I don't know. But in the context of what some of you are like, no. All right. In the context of what Jesus is saying, everybody's your neighbor. The entire potential dating pool falls into the category of neighbor. So when Jesus says to love your neighbor <coughs> as, he loves your, as you love yourself, that advice applies to every relationship you will ever have. You want to have a better friendship with just a buddy? Love them as you love yourself. You want to have a better relationship with your siblings? Love them as you love yourself. Better relationship with your teachers and coaches? Love them as you love yourself. Better relationship with your parents? Love them as you love yourself. If you want to have a great dating experience, if your date life, if you want that to be awesome, love them as you would love yourself. But the way that that really means is not that you would just love them a whole lot. It means you'd put them first. That you aren't selfish. You don't put yourself first. You put them first. You put yourself in their shoes and you say, if I were in their position, how would I want to be treated? See, most dating relationships start with the whole what's in it for me. They're going to make me laugh. They're going to make me look good. Are they going to make me feel good about myself? When actually, the best way to enter into dating is to ask different questions, such as, hey, what's in it for them? Some of you are like, look at me. <laughs> Congratulations on your high self-esteem. <laughs> Hopefully there's more to it than that, but I don't know, at least you're thinking of them, I guess. Here's a good one. Am I healthy enough to be dating? Hey, Am I the jealous guy? Am I the guy that overreacts and get ang gets angry about little things? Am I the girl that's really jealous and overreacts and tries to control her boyfriend? A am I on the rebound? Have I been torn up in my last relationship? And I feel like the thing that's going to make me feel better is to try to have a relationship like the one I just came out of. And so I'm reaching and maybe agreeing to stuff or, or going out with people I would never go out with if I wasn't on the rebound. Am, am I healthy enough to be dating? And this last one is going to hurt some of you when you ask this question. 
do I care more about having a boyfriend than I actually care about Peter, Billy, Adam? Do I care more about having a girlfriend than I care about Susan or Rachel or whoever it is that you're currently pursuing? Because some of you, some of you are entering into relationships, and maybe because you've never asked this question, you've never realized this, you're using them. Because you care way more about being the guy that has a pretty girlfriend than you actually care about that girl you think is pretty. Or you're the girl who has lined up her social status so much to whether or not she has a boyfriend that you care more about not sarcastically complaining about being single on Twitter than you care about the boy that you're about to go out with. And if you want to know why people tend to walk away from relationships with limps, that's it. That's because at some point it becomes pretty clear that they didn't care about you as much as they cared about the title that you carried, their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would love your boyfriend or girlfriend to be the kind of people to ask these questions. Anybody want a boyfriend or girlfriend that asks those kinds of questions? Thus you become dateable. So guys, listen, there is, there is always the opportunity, it seems like to me, to find a boyfriend, to find a girlfriend, to, to kind of figure all that kind of stuff out and Maybe it's fun for a while, exciting for a while because it's new, but it always seems to flame out, crash and burn. Kind of breaks up some friendships. Y'all had some mutual friends at one point, so it starts to get awkward or starts to be one of those things where as it starts to die out, you try to kind of fan the flames back up by doing some things you hadn't been doing before in hopes of making it more exciting and all those things that normally happen that you've either seen in your own life or lives around you and you can end up in a place where you regret so much of what you've done and walk away with that limp. Or you can decide to be the kind of people that think about this stuff and ask really hard questions Not about how they're going to make you feel, but about how you're going to make them feel. Whether or not you're good for them. Whether or not you actually care about them and not just them being your boyfriend or your girlfriend. These are the kinds of things that if you put them first, your relationships will be better. And you might model something to the students around you that actually ends up being way more attractive and healthy than what the students around you are modeling for you. We can make that kind of difference if we start asking these kinds of questions. But a big thing that's going to go through your head as you go through this, and as it goes through any dating series, a big question is always like, some of this stuff sounds like smart, but smart doesn't always sound like exciting. And when I think about dating, I think exciting, not smart. I think passion, not like, uh, you know, bookwormy kind of, you know, logical thinking. 
And a lot of this will sound like one of those things, like it's almost like, again, trying to kind of suck the fun out of it. And so I, I just want to put something before you. This is all based off of the idea that God loves you so much that he sent his son to take punishment for you so you wouldn't have to take it. That he sent Jesus to die for us. And so let me ask you this question, particularly those in the room that are Christians that are dealing with this whole dating thing. Would God send his son to die for you and then try to give you some kind of miserable, boring life? Would God send his son to die for you just so you could have a miserable, boring life? Would you die for someone else in hopes that they had a miserable, boring life? God doesn't want you to be miserable or boring or lame. When he points out things for you to do in your life, he's usually pointing to a higher calling, a more adventurous life, a life that will end in more peace and joy and excitement than anything else, and that includes dating. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son. Father, I, I, um, it, could be, it could be difficult sometimes because the world sells what the world sells based off of the fact that what the world is offering is fun and exciting and stuff like that. But so much of what the world offers is poisonous. It can end ugly. It can end with those limps that we're talking about. But Father, you died to save us, not just from hell, but to save us from a life of meaninglessness. And that applies to everything, including our dating lives. So God, help us to be different. Help us to think differently. Help us to be the kind of people that even when it comes to dating, we're not looking at it as, what can I get out of this? How much fun can I have? How cool can I look? How much can this help my social status? But we would look even our dating relationships and say, man, how are we going to grow? Because the truth is that all this fun stuff and exciting stuff, that exists in any relationship that's new. But when you actually start to improve one another, challenge one another, man, that just takes you to a whole other level that so many students and adults miss out on. So Father, help us to ask different questions. And in the midst of asking those different questions, help us to be the, 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 the inspiration of asking those questions to be the, the, the reminder that your son dying for us, he died so we would have an abundant life, a full life, a powerful life. Help us to remember that sacrifice right now and help us to rise to that kind of calling in every aspect of our lives. We praise you to Christ's name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.